0: Hello everybody! Welcome to the G Show. This is the host Shivam and today we are joined by Philip Garvel, a very p- famous person, I would say, and a very inspiring one. I wanted to introduce uh, you to him, but, but I wanted to give his credentials first. So, he's a digital healthcare humanist and futurist, and healthcare metaverse and AI pioneer, thought-provoking international speaker as well, and he worked as a in medical board advisory as well. Now, I want you to introduce yourself.
1: Uh, to our audience. Okay, thank you very much for the invitation. And uh, you, you said the most essential stuff, you know, but actually, I'm, uh, uh, I worked 30 years in the industry, you know, mainly in, uh, let's say, half of it, especially chemicals, and half of it in pharmaceutical and biopharmaceutical. I'm on early retirement, luckily, you know, since, since September 20, uh, uh, 2022. And, uh, but I started already before, you know, to spend a lot of my, my time, uh, even holidays, you know, starting to do some, uh, some, uh, keynote speech, advisory role and all that. And now I can do that full time, you know? So I, and for me, again, I think what is most important is for me really giving back to the community. You know, I, I think, uh, I will do as much as I can to help, you know, younger generation like you, you know, they are so amazing talents out there, out, out there, you know, and I really enjoy uh, helping them.
0: That's amazing work. Like I literally, as much I read about you all, and now I'm actually meeting your person's actually an honor for me. Now, I want to start with my first question. It is, how do you see the role of digitalization, humanism, and the future of health?
1: so i think you know you you you, you touch every sensitive point and that's also why i call called myself you know a digitalization humanist because you know i i'm a big fan of all those technologies, you, you, you know and uh, you know being you know iot ai metaverse 5g where, you know you they you, you, you have it but i want those technology to serve the human and not the other way around and you know that there's a very thin line you know and and i think we we have to be careful about that so Uh, There is no secret recipe for that, you know, but I really think is about, uh, again, embracing those technologies, but always with the human uh, in in mind, you know, and in my example for the moment, uh, I'm doing a lot, you know, around healthcare, the metaverse and all that, but the key point for me is to keep, you know, as well the HCPs, you know, the doctors, the nurses, you know, which are actually I would say in a very bad situation, you know, they are overloaded, overclocked, we don't have enough. And it's just slightly different from one country to the other, but it's a worldwide issue. But on the other side, also the patients, you know. So always keep those people in mind and use the technology basically to to support them. Uh, I'm still a big fan, you know, of AI, but I still prefer today, I'm not saying it's not going to change, but today to call it augmented intelligence and not artificial intelligence. It's, it is a tool to help us, you know, to, to be more efficient and maybe to release some of the non added value time.
0: Uh, AI is definitely augmented intelligence. I had this COVID somewhere like looked at me. Uh, and you mentioned his keynote as well, and the condition of doctors and nurses, we already saw in COVID-19 and the pressure that they had. So I believe so. Now this brings me to my next question, which I am really curious to ask from you. It's about what are the biggest opportunity for like using technology to improve healthcare in developing countries like us, like I'm from India and which is a developing country. So what are your take on that?
1: I, I, I think first of all, before going to those details, I still would like to, to, to mention something, you know, we, we are unfortunately entertain, entertaining a kind of fight between AI and the doctors. You know, rather to that, to see that as, as a tool and augmented intelligence as I said before, we say, you know, AI is better, doctor is better and all that, and that's not helping. You know, it's a tool for them to release some of their time to do what humans do better. You know, most of the people go to the doctor also to talk to a human, not to talk to a machine. So whatever we can remove is to release the time for the doctors. And today, you know, they, I would even ask the question, you know, is the technology going to make us more human or less human? And I'm sorry to say that. It sounds easy to answer. But today, the average GP visit in the UK is 10 minutes. In Germany, is seven minutes. And all the other countries, you know, it's, it's a question of a, a few more minutes or not. And out of these 10 minutes in the UK, only 30% is spent with the patient. So I say today, the doctors are the robots. The doctors are the machine today. And if we cannot release the 70% that they are not spending with the patient, I think that's the objective. Remove that, you know, with the help of technology, and then they will have more human time. So that's just the introduction before. So now come really to to your points about, you know, uh, developing countries and all that. So I still think it's about accessibility. You know, technology can help us to get access to the healthcare, to the knowledge and whatever, when you are in remote places, you know, traveling in India is not only a question of distance. Sometimes it's just a question of time. You know, if you're in a big city and I think you are from New Delhi, it's not about the distance, it's about the time that you spend on the street. So if you can remove that time, thanks to technology, because you can connect, you know, to hospitals, to doctor or patient community, whatever without having to go out physically and driving, I think that's already a big step and uh, accessibility, but that again, I would move to the next point also in terms of education, because that's the other point. You know, when you say developed countries and whatever, and I I don't even want to call India a development country because I think you are far ahead in many other areas, but I really think it's also about education. You know quite often the patient don't know that they are sick or that they have something and have to go to the doctors so it's not only the step about going to the doctor or doing that uh, online rather than physically is knowing you know being informed being knowledgeable about what you have and what you should do so it's 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 a really broad scope even in healthcare it's not just about going to the doctor and the hospital it's also about knowing what you have to do and when you have to do and when you have to go.
0: You literally, you we are very thought-provoking answer and time to digest it. So, um, I need to think about it um, a bit more of this topic because not India, there's Africa and there's more developing countries. Do we think about any technology replacing human, uh, that kind of sounds into. So, now I would like to ask. Uh, uh,
1: Yeah, I could even move on without uh, (laughs) getting your question, you know, but I'm also involved in Africa. So that's another example, you know, about about basically educating doctors in Africa. You know, usually doctors have to leave their country, go to other countries to get education and all that, but the real target and objective should to get them trained in their own country. Because, you know, the equipment might be different. So I can send an African doctor from Kenya, maybe even to Turkey to, to keep it not too expensive, but at the end he will be trained of, on different machine. When he's back in his operating room, he doesn't have the same equipment. So the real target should be to train the people locally. And then of course, if we can use the technology, you know, to share this this, this information or being then the VR glasses. Uh, cameras and all that to basically give access to other people in the same country to medical students and, and that's what we should do with the technology. But trying to keep the people in their country, rather than, you know, export them to a completely different environment where they meet other people, other technology, which is not always a good, uh, basis for training for them. that
0: challenges. Now, I need to know from like r- r- the per- perspective that you gave me, it made me think about like long-term implications of, you know, using such kind of technologies, regardless the income of or location, as you mentioned. So, what think about it is uh, give me argument. Our... So,
1: so, so, so I think, you know, that that's surely one of the key challenges, you know, because we, we have even the risk, you know, we, we talk quite often about the digital divide, you know, so the digital divide, you know, can be in terms of cost, in terms of country, whatever. So it's, it's really Uh too easy Well, not too easy, but it's unfortunately the reality that people are looking, you know, to, to earn more money. So they will go to the, you know, to the richer country to, all that to make money. But I'm a big fan, you know, I still dream about, you know, universal health access, so it's about giving access, you know, to those people. Who are really in need and don't have access. And I mentioned Africa before, you know, Africa is an example, you know, not often are we doing pilots in Africa. We do pilots in the U.S., in a rich country, and then you move to this poorer country and they cannot afford it, you know. We should do the opposite. We should do pilot in the poorest country. And if you work for the poorest country, it will be easy to export, you know, to richer but again, it's always about, you know, making money. Not everybody has really, you know, the, the, there's so much need, you know, worldwide. Then, and we already have a challenge with that, uh, <laughs> let's say an additional big enough challenge with that, because, you know, each time I do a presentation, I always try to show the latest number in terms of internet penetration. You know, today, I think we are around like something like 67% internet penetration worldwide. And then you go to, to down to uh, continents, so it's very different. Like I mentioned before, Africa is around 40%, but even in the continent, countries are very different. So we should, while we move on with, you know, nice technology and nice stuff, we should not forget our agenda of bringing more and more people access to internet because we will increase that gap rather than bringing the other people on board as well.
0: Right. Um, so now I would like to ask my next question. It's about uh, how can we ensure technology like it is used to improve the patient's experience rather than detract from it? Uh, for example, if we talk about USA, we have a much better medical system as compared to many of the developing countries. So do they are really costly as well. But then here in there, if we talk about like robots are like used by doctors, like for example, the wing cheek is quite expensive. Not every hospital is going to buy it or afford it. So what are the main challenges you think about it? And if i will answer this
1: question. Yes, I think that's, that's a very good question, you know, because exactly that's that's the issue. I take, we mentioned AI, you know, you mentioned robots and all that. i just give you an example. Something like AI for radiology is not new. You know, since 10 years we talk about it and we have proven that it can be bad and whatever, but now you go to the hospital. And me the hospital who has implemented the technology. That's the issue, you know, between what we read really like a nice case and getting to every single place. That's the, 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 the challenge, you know, and it is, of course, it is a cost challenge, not only because of the cost of the new equipment, but also about the cost of the old equipment, because people have invested and have not amortized that equipment at that time, so they are not so keen to to throw away an old equipment or play the new one, because who will take, you know, you, you are all already losing the money because you have not amortized that. So it's always a, a question of, of of money, you know. And then the whole discussion about uh, robots, it's even a cultural issue, you know. So, so like most of the countries in Asia, and it may be, a, a, and India might be somewhere in between from that point of view, you know, but like Japan, China and all that. These are countries that are aware about the the the, the, the people challenge they have. That, that you know, generation challenge that people are becoming older. So they know that they don't have enough workforce to support these people becoming older. So for them, a robot is welcome. You know, because robot will help them to cover part of this gap. In Europe, it's the opposite. We are afraid of robots, you know, because robots may take your job and all these kind of discussions. So there's really a cultural challenge and it's just a question of time. Because even Europe, you know, we are becoming older and we don't have enough people to take, pe- to take care of the older people. Then we have another cultural challenge. You know, in your countries, I think it's the same in many Asian countries, usually the, the older people, your grandparents, are living with you. In Europe or the US, we put them in elderly homes, you know, so they see the difference, you know, from a, from a social and cultural point of view that you take care of your parents and grandparents, while we put them in, 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 in hospitals and elderly home. And then, there you don't have enough people, you know, so you would need technology. But in our mindset, those people are not accepting this new technology.
0: Now, I wanted to know your personal experience actually with technology, like how has technology helped you to manage your own health or maybe have you ever saw any challenges that you may have facing using technology now here, just a personal experience that you would like
1: to share? Yes, so, so of course I ha- I have <laughs> experienced a lot by myself. And uh, we can talk about both, huh? we'll and we can talk about healthcare, and I can give you some some nice example. But also AI, I think, is very important. You know, because a lot of whole topic, you know, about ChatGPT and, and all, all other generative AI. I think we should embrace it. The issue is just that we are more tempted to look all what ChatGPT cannot do, rather than using what ChatGPT can do. And you know, for simple things in terms of, you know, email productivity, whatever, I can gain 80% of my time just with that, rather than looking at the complex things. It's the same discussion about, you know, what digitalization can do and what human can do, you know, humans should do what they do better and digitalization, where we can release the human piece. So here's the same. use ChatGPT. start to learn to use it. It's amazing what you can do without going to the complex stuff. You know, the first time I was using ChatGPT was to write a recommendation for a lawyer in Paris, you know, so she, she, you know, she's, it's a lawyer I know since quite some time and you had some interesting discussion about GDPR, data privacy and all that stuff. And she know that I'm on a, that I'm on a multiple boards, you know, and she's now interested to go, you know, uh, also on, on some boards. And then she wanted to start, you know, to, to. Uh, register for a women on board uh, business school curriculum in France, and she asked me for a recommendation letter. I used ChatGPT. It took me five minutes: one minute of ChatGPT and four minutes to personalize it. So, and that's the point. You know, 80% of the content you can get, and then you you add your own touch. And for me, it's a huge gain in productivity every day by using it like that. Now, for for healthcare. I still have to be careful that I'm lucky because of my network and the conference and everything I do. I have a lot of doctors around me, but these are the sailing doctors. You know, I may have a wrong picture, a biased picture, because you know, you have the guy who is sitting in his office in his practice and having one customer after that and never can go out to do any upskilling or or new knowledge, you know. So I still think the, the, the genius I have around me are not the majority, you know, these are the exceptions. So I think that's, that's the challenge. So in terms of health care is still about, you know, to the digitalization, to access worldwide knowledge, you know, you, you might go to, to, to your doctor next, it's, it's nothing wrong about him, but next door. You know, even in a big city like New Delhi, but he might not know what's happening in the U.S., what's happening in Dubai, what's happening in Asia. So to this technology, you can access to all this data. And But again, it's today it's barely not possible because they don't have the time to do that. We have to release time of those HCPs so that they can do that.
0: Well, they actually support a statement. One of the very renowned doctor of India, Dr. Devi Shetty, he said about like, uh, uh, he uh, see patients like around thousand patients a day and many more like that. And he said like using technology and their medical data and such stuff, he can see the data of the people living in the Caribbean island uh, in USA and while traveling in flight and stuff like that. So he was embracing and even saying that the new surgeon or the new doctor should learn how to use technology is stuff. Uh, fearing from it, like, then they cannot work with it. So that's what the yeah.
1: point is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and and again, it's also about education, you know, so I'm, I'm a close friend of, of Professor Shafi Ahmed. I don't know if you know Professor Shafi Ahmed. So so Shafi is the most watched surgeon in the world, you know? So Shafi did one time a session, he streamed a session with 55,000 students in more than 140 countries. So just imagine what that means, you so know? This this represent years of classroom training, you know, in one shot, and and I think that's why we should embrace that, you know, because not only you get t- this kind of you know uh, thousands of people that you can touch, but you touch them, you know, with expert knowledge with one of the best guys in the world.
0: Now my final question is about your hopes and you know fears for the future the future of technology in healthcare industry.
1: So, so the hope of course is to get, you know, as I mentioned before, universal health access, getting more and more people getting access that have no access today. It's not just about improving our access, it's really, we have people that have no access at all, you know, so it's really getting more people, uh, access that cannot go to the day physically. The fear, I, I, I think the fear is, is the same as today. Of course it can be misused, you know. And the only thing I say is like, I, I, I give you an example, you know, I think today we are not hard enough and tough enough on the, on the people that are misusing, you know, technology or data. And the example is, is is really, for example, data privacy, your health data, you know, usually a patient is open to share his data. If there is a benefit for him, if he gets a better treatment, if he gets cured because he's sharing the data, he's open to share the data. And most of the people that tell you not to share health data are usually people that are not sick, because if you are desperate and whatever, you will share share the data. But the key issue is not that. The key issue is that we are not tough and not strong enough to punish the people that are misusing the data. So because you are not tough enough on that. We are punishing the people that could benefit from sharing data, you know? So I think that's one of my key challenges, you know, people, you know, I'm, I'm open to share data if I get a better outcome, being health data or any other data, but I'm also aware that people might misuse it and we are not strong enough with, with, with those people. So that's one of my biggest issue because. We have more and more data, you know, the volume of data is increasing, you know, topic big data and all that. So we have more and more data, things are going, going quicker, you know, the pace of those changes is amazing. And if we go so quick without fixing, like I would say, kind of legacy issue, I think the danger could be quite, quite big.
0: It may be a very challenging issue for the politicians as well, if they want to work on that. Now I wanted to know any closing message you have for our audience, because we are at the end
1: of our stream. So, 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 so I think the key point is, I said, usually I talk a lot, you know, about healthcare metaverse, but also about AI. And the thing is today, tools like ChatGPT are technology good, but for healthcare, they are missing the content. So if you can get the content. You know, the professional content really from, uh, you, unfortunately you need it from doctors, but I have an example, you know, my friend, uh, Dr. Zaid Khan in, uh, in Dubai, he created a metaverse doctor for women, you know, for women's health and what he did because he's a, he's a world-class gynecologist and obstetrician, he loaded more than 280,000 research paper about women health. 40 over 80,000 of algorithms, you know, so now ChatGPT has the content to to woman health and has more content than even a gynecologist might have. So I think that's that's the point, you know, for, for things like AI or Metaverse in healthcare, you still need the professional validated content. But if you have that, you know, I'm sorry to say that this Metaverse doctor probably knows more than many gynecologists all over the world.
0: That's true. Thank you so much for your time. It was an honor I want to to have you on the show. And I'm amazed by our knowledge and I myself got to learn a lot from you. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you very much for the invitation, Alfie.